Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. The kind of uh, rescue we like to have. Girl guides stranded out in the backcountry overnight. How search and rescue got them to safety. I will forever idolize the person she was. A young life gone too soon. Hundreds turning out in New Westminster today to remember Olivia Malcolm. Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, I think it's just another law. And the trade war between Canada and the U.S. that's just getting ugly. The fallout after President Trump calls Trudeau dishonest and weak. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. We begin with some breaking news and a group of girl guides have been rescued after having to spend the night stranded out in Alouette Lake. Police called Ridge Meadows Search and Rescue this afternoon to get to the seven girl guides and two leaders to safety. The girls had paddled out onto Alouette Lake yesterday. They became stranded due to high winds. They managed, though, to call for help. Certainly when they paddled up yesterday, uh, I think it was... uh, fairly uneventful for them. They said it took them about four hours to paddle up and uh, they were anticipating a longer paddle back home but uh, with the winds it would have uh, probably doubled that that time. We returned everybody back home. They're uh, uh, safe, warm and dry. They were well prepared. Uh, uh, The leaders had uh, all the right equipment. Uh, They did the right things and uh, it's the kind of uh, rescue we like to have. Nice and successful. Police believe a drunk driver may be to blame for yesterday's fatal crash on Vancouver Island. A head-on collision happened on a stretch of Malahat Highway that was under construction. Now, a new medium barrier was set to be put in place in only a few weeks, and that may well have prevented the kind of impact we saw in this crash. Kristen Robinson reports. He was barely alive, um, and I had to start CPR right away. Liz Gibson was the first to assist a critically injured man after she stopped at the scene of Saturday's Malahat crash. He had lost a tremendous amount of blood, and uh, it was his pulse was very, very weak. Despite the best efforts of bystanders, the man did not survive. His female passenger seriously hurt. The victim had been driving southbound when he was hit head-on by a northbound vehicle. Police believe the woman behind the wheel was impaired. The collision happened on Highway 1 north of Aspen Road, a stretch with a crash rate 41% higher than the provincial average, and currently undergoing a $34 million upgrade. It was a horrible, horrible feeling seeing and reliving my accident again. Driving past the fatal crash, Shane King remembered his near miss on the Malahat last September. It's all a bit blurry. It was uh, it was a real hard hit for sure. The realtor escaped the wreckage of this classic Corvette with a concussion, fractured orbital bone and bruising after a driver suffering a medical emergency crossed the center line and slammed into him at Goldstream Park. Had there been a barrier there? Uh, He would have bounced right off of it, and I would have continued on my way. This dash cam video, proof. 
The driver of a Comox fire rescue vehicle suffering a medical emergency on the Trans-Canada near Victoria. He lost control, the truck swerving into a ditch before cutting back across two lanes of traffic, stopped by a concrete barrier. The driver and two other firefighters survived. No one else was hurt. I think every, every kilometer of this drive from the Malahatsa Mill Bay should have center dividers. BC's Transportation Ministry says 65% of the Malahat will have median barriers by the end of this summer. The long-term goal, to have barriers through the entire corridor. Sadly, Saturday's crash site was just weeks away from being a divided highway. Had that barrier been there, that man would have been alive. That woman wouldn't be as injured. Kristen Robinson, Global News. Well, there was another tragic loss on the roads last weekend. A 19-year-old woman from a prominent lacrosse family was killed in Ladner after being hit by a suspected drunk driver. Today, hundreds filled Queen's Park Arena in New Westminster to pay tribute to a life cut way too short. Grace Key reports. Today would have been Olivia's 20th birthday. Friends say Olivia had the biggest smile and heart and the cutest laugh. No oxygen you must because we have the best members ever. Whenever you would be in a room with her, it was impossible to be in a bad mood. Hundreds of people gathered for a celebration of life for 19-year-old Olivia Malcolm. Her father's extended family of firefighters showed their support. And as a prominent family in the lacrosse community, the service was held in New Westminster's Queen's Park Arena. My daughter was very close to her. She said, Liv would love this. It's grand, it's beautiful, and, um, and she deserves this. Olivia was killed June 2nd on Highway 17A near Ladner Trunk Road. She and a friend pulled over and were looking for something in the trunk when a Jeep struck them. Olivia was killed instantly. Her friend had non-life-threatening injuries. The driver remained at the scene, and police say alcohol may have been a contributing factor. I have no clue what I'm going to do without you, but I know you're watching over me always. I promise to make you proud. I love you so much, Liv. Donations from a GoFundMe page will go towards a bursary that will help fund a post-secondary education for deserving candidates. With a love for children, Olivia wanted to become a teacher. Smile on beautiful girl and thank you for everyone's life you've impacted while on earth and continue to shine brightly over us. Grace Key, Global News. In Surrey, a female pedestrian has been struck by a suspected drunk driver. Now, this happened this morning. A red pickup truck slamming it into the victim near 144th and 72nd around noon. The woman was sent to hospital with significant but non-life-threatening injuries to her upper body. The male driver of the pickup truck arrested on scene. Surrey RCMP say he appeared to be intoxicated and alcohol-related charges are now being recommended. In South Surrey, two men were killed this morning after the stolen vehicle they were in crashed. A passerby called police after the crash near 192nd Street and 16th Avenue. Two men were found dead inside the vehicle. So far, the evidence suggesting the vehicle was heading south on 192nd at a high rate of speed. The driver failed to negotiate a turn at the intersection and the vehicle rolled several times before coming to a stop at a nearby cemetery. Police say the vehicle was stolen from Langley overnight and was reported missing by the owner this morning. Both men were known to police. 
Well, the G7 summit in Quebec City has ended with an incredible amount of fallout. Just hours after leaders wrapped up their discussions, U.S. President Donald Trump launched a scathing attack on Trudeau, calling him dishonest and weak. Today, lots of reaction to his words and what this means for Canada's working relationship with the U.S. Because Canadians were polite, were reasonable, but we also will not be pushed around. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau here taking a firm stance at the end of the G7 summit. On the brink of a full-out trade war between Canada and the U.S., the PM sat down with President Donald Trump at the summit in Charlevoix in a one-on-one meeting about trade and NAFTA. It didn't result in any consensus, and now it appears Trump is furious with Trudeau. After leaving the summit early, Trump tweeted this statement. PM Justin Trudeau of Canada acted so meek and mild during our G7 meetings, only to give a news conference after I left, saying that U.S. tariffs were kind of insulting and he will not be pushed around. Very dishonest and weak. In another tweet, he revoked his support for the common measures the other leaders agreed on. More attacks came on American TV this morning. Appearing on Fox News Sunday, a Trump trade advisor lashing out at Trudeau. There's a uh, special place in hell for any foreign leader that engages in bad faith diplomacy with President Donald J. Trump and then tries to stab him in the back on the way out the door. But the prime minister is also getting support and from people he wouldn't normally expect. Alberta's leader of the United Conservative Party, Jason Kenney, tweeted, I'm in complete agreement with the prime minister's statement, a reasonable, balanced and firm assertion that Canada will not be bullied. And this tweet from Republican Senator John McCain. He finishes with, Americans stand with you even if our president doesn't. On a trade deal uh, south of the border... Uh, We stand shoulder to shoulder with the Prime Minister and our federal counterparts. But what does this feud mean for the relationship between the two allies and the future of NAFTA? The Canadian government is hoping for the best, says the Foreign Affairs Minister, but it's not backing down. We are absolutely convinced uh, today more than ever of the necessity of a clear, resolute, strong and firm Canadian response. Raquel Fletcher, Global News, Quebec City. Well, understandably, the war of words has stirred up a lot of talk around the world right now. But what about average British Columbians? How much concern is there here about what's going on between the two countries? Our Paul Johnson went to find out. (laughs) What a big and expensive party Canada just threw What a hangover. Why he took it out on our Prime Minister, I don't know. For many, relations with our southern neighbour have never felt worse. I have a lot of good American friends and they're embarrassed. The last comparable low watermark was probably the early 60s and John Diefenbaker's toxic relationship with JFK. One fancied himself as the self-made champion of the average man and resented the other's inherited privilege. Sound familiar? Well, I'm not surprised. Uh, I I think it's just another law. I mean, it's not acceptable to treat another head of state that way. There was an early hint that things weren't going well in Charlevoix. Check out the body language in this picture. You don't have to know much German to get what Chancellor Merkel is thinking. 
Trump tweeted that to Trudeau. While most Canadians, including our political class, have stood with Trudeau over the past few hours, some have told us, hey, politics is tough business. Get over it. I don't know him that well. I just think Donald Trump is trying his hardest for his country, as is Mr. Trudeau. And on that point, it may actually be Canadians who will be the first to rebound from this breakup. After all, Trump has already shown even sketch comedy is enough to get under his skin. Times have changed. Our kids are getting worse. Whereas for decades, Canadians have shown we're pretty good at laughing at ourselves. How bothered are we going to get about a tweet? Paul Johnson, Global News. Thank you, Paul. Uh, now to provincial and municipal politics. And an NDP MLA is thinking of running to be the next mayor of Nanaimo. Uh, that could trigger a by-election, though, which might bring down the BC government. Let's bring in our Keith Baldry, live from Victoria on this one. Nice to see you, Keith. Uh, which MLA are we talking about here? It's a guy who's been in the rumor mill for some months, Sonia. Leonard Krogh, the veteran MLA for Nanaimo, has uh, been the subject of rumors about whether he'll seek the mayoralty there. I talked to him a few months ago. He's playing coy back then. Uh, why this is important, of course, is that if he does run for mayor and there's a by-election and the Liberals were to win that election, uh, which seems unlikely, uh, that would put those parties in a tie in the legislature, which could trigger a general election. Uh, so uh, Leonard Krogh not talking to much media, but he did talk to his hometown newspaper, the Nanaimo Bulletin, today and issued a statement saying, I've had a lot of people over the last couple of years whose opinion I value, people who I respect, leaders in our community, they have been asking me to run for mayor. So that's a huge motivating factor for any politician. He's got an event scheduled for Wednesday night at the Coast Bastion Hotel, Sonia. And again, you don't schedule events to announce things that you're not going to do. So we assume he's going to announce on Wednesday that he will indeed seek the, uh, the mayoralty of Nanaimo. Uh, I assume if he does that, he'll resign his seat, but uh, it's perhaps he could uh, hang on to his seat until he has uh, determined whether he actually wins that mayoralty race sometime in the fall. So uh, by-election is usually not a big deal in B.C. politics, but given the closeness of the, of the seat count in the House, this one, if it does occur, could be, uh, could be very historic. All right, so that's all dependent on what he does, so let's wait and see. Mm -hmm. But if there is a by-election, when would that have to be held then? Well, it's within six months of the seat being vacated. So if he were to uh, vacate that seat sometime in the fall, the by-election would have to be held sometime between uh, then and six months later, sometime in the spring. Keep in mind, of course, the NDP has held an Nanaimo riding for decades, losing it only once in 2001. Uh, that's on one side of the ledger. On the other side of the ledger is the fact in B.C., government, sitting governments rarely win by-elections. It's usually the opposition that wins by-elections in this province. And in fact, in 2012, you want to draw a parallel here, the NDP took the very safe liberal seat of Chilliwack Hope uh, at a time when the government was uh, somewhat unpopular. So we're still getting ahead of ourselves here, but that's why there's going to be a lot of interest, I think, on what uh, Leonard Krogh's ultimate decision is and whether or not a by-election is triggered. All right. Thanks very much for all of that, Keith. Have a, a okay. good uh, rest of your day. Thank you.
And back in other news, a well-known UBC professor is seeking the COPE nomination in Vancouver's mayoral race. Patrick Condon is the founding chair of UBC's Urban Design Programme. He's also an expert on sustainability. A former director of city planning, Condon believes the answer to Vancouver's housing crisis is to revive non-market housing, a bit like we've seen in neighbourhoods such as False Creek South. He's also calling for a rent freeze in an effort to stop renovations or demovictions. Condon will officially launch his campaign to seek a nomination for mayor with the Coalition of Progressive Electors or COPE tomorrow. Now, it turns out that a spill at a Kinder Morgan pumping station outside Kamloops was actually significantly larger than uh, first reported. It happened in late May at uh, Darfield, which is north of Kamloops, near Barriere. At the time, the Environment Ministry said 100 litres had spilled. It actually turns out it was actually closer to 4,800 litres of a medium crude blend that leaked into the ground. The ministry has said none of it got into waterways and the pipeline was shut down while crews cleaned it up. Kinder Morgan says Trans Mountain's internal safety systems worked properly to alert uh, the situation. Well, the daughter of a man killed by an excessive speeder is not stopping her fight for justice. Her father died after being hit by a driver going almost three times the speed limit. Now, as Tanya Beja reports, she's petitioning BC's Attorney General to appeal the sentence that acquitted Ken Chung of dangerous driving causing death. And these are the demands that we're making. Monique Huey is turning her anger into action, launching a petition demanding tougher consequences for dangerous driving. They have to look at this pattern that we see of of, um, either no penalty or slap on the wrist type penalties um, for drivers who hurt and kill. Her father, Dr. Alphonsus Huey, was on his way to work in November 2015 when he was struck and killed by an Audi. The driver, Ken Chung, had been traveling at 140 kilometers an hour in a 50 zone, moments before the crash. Chung was acquitted of dangerous driving causing death. The judge ruling that there was at least a reasonable doubt that Chung's conduct was a marked departure from the standard of a reasonable driver. How much does it take for it to be deemed a marked departure? Should he have been going four or five times the speed limit instead of just three? Should he have killed two people instead of one? Would that have made it a marked departure? Huey wants an appeal of the acquittal. Her petition on change.org has garnered more than 1,600 signatures in its first day. The public outpouring really has been um, a light. And I felt the love and support. So keep it coming because we need as many names as possible to affect change. Huey will collect signatures until June 15th and then deliver them to the province's deputy attorney general. Let's go to the end. Her twin boys never met their grandfather. Huey hopes his death will be a catalyst for change. Maybe he died so that I could bring this story and issue um, forward and we could make a difference and make our community safer. Tanya Beja, Global News. Well, the floodwaters have receded in Grand Forks, but that doesn't mean residents are out of the woods yet. Only nine evacuation orders remain, but dozens more are left without homes they just can't live in. Jules Knox of Global Okanagan has the latest. Flooding fears in Grand Forks are being replaced by mushrooming mold issues. Yeah, this, yeah. And they were saying if it, if it gets fuzzy, that means there are spores. 
spores slowly creeping up the wall in Sandy Fry's home. She's been told by an environmental specialist it's contaminated through to her outdoor siding. It's not wallpaper. Residents worrying about the long-term effects. You know, maybe you're not getting sick right away, but when the first time I opened up the door and it looked like there's a little fire there and it's like, wait a minute, fire? Water can't be. And we looked closer and it was actually spores off the mold in the air like mist. Home after home stripped back to bare bones. A lifetime of belongings tossed in the trash. I don't think I want to talk about it. What a waste. What a waste. All this stuff you put together. And... Mel Pulvermacher lived in this house for more than 30 years. His wife was born in it. Hindsight's always 20-20, but if we'd have known how much water was coming. Now he wants to see something done for the future. I would feel better if they would say, yes, we're going to build a dike, and yes, we're going to start tomorrow, and yes, we're going to do this, and yes, we're going to do that. Don't you think some of that is possible? Surely there's somebody up there that can make a decision. And he's worried that the clock is already ticking. You've got one year. What if we get happen? What, what happens next year? You can't build the dike in the middle of winter very well. The regional district of Kootenay Boundary is picking up flood waste from the curb. The province is covering tipping fees. And the Emergency Operations Centre will also be holding a community meeting on Wednesday to address residents' latest concerns. Jules Knox, Global News. All right, anybody in Port Moody today may have noticed a lot of greyhounds in the city. Dozens of the dogs and their owners taking part in the second annual Great Global Greyhound Walk. This coincides with other walks being held around the world. The dogs are almost exclusively retired racing dogs. They used to be put down, but they're now adopted out as pets. They're super athletes. People always say, are they trained? Well... They're not trained to sit or get cookies, but they're trained to run really fast. Um, this girl ran 91 races. She's very fast. Um, she's five years old. She was pulled off the track at three and a half after she, I imagine, stopped bringing in money. An organization based in England that organizes a worldwide walk. It takes place for 24 hours every June. So it starts in England uh, yesterday, and it winds up today. Ours is the second to last walk, with Victoria being the last. Well, we're less than two weeks until it's officially summer, but you wouldn't know it from wild weather in BC and Alberta this weekend. In eastern Alberta, vehicles flipped over, pretty dark, gloomy clouds covering the sky yesterday as well. Emergency officials near St. Paul outside Edmonton say a funnel cloud touched down just before four o'clock yesterday, but Environment Canada never, never confirmed that it was a tornado. The storm moved through Bonneville and Lloyd Minster as it moved east, the possibility of a major storm drawing a lot of storm chasers there. The exciting part about storm chasing is you get to see these storms evolve from essentially nothing, really, like a small white puffy cloud into these very dynamic uh, kind of we often call them motherships, and that's exactly what that storm kind of was at the end of, uh, of yesterday. So it was just rotating thunderstorm that was just massive as it approached Bonneville and then even headed up to Cold Lake and held a lot of that structure the entire time. 
And this was the scene in the hamlets of Tilly, southeast of Calgary. Farmers are in cleanup mode today after a supercell thunderstorm ripped through that region. The damage is extensive near Tilly. That's quite incredible. In the Okanagan, the story was snow. Campers at Beaver Lake outside of Kelowna woke up to a blanket of snow. Uh, Silver Star Mountain Resort also saw at least 27 centimetres of snow with more on the way. Big White Resort using Twitter photos uh, to promote early bird season ticket passes for next season. Environment Canada has issued a special weather statement for the upper elevations of the Okanagan, saying there could be more snow uh, coming down overnight and into the morning. Drivers planning on travelling through mountain passes should definitely go prepared. That's incredible, isn't it? What is going on? Merry Christmas. What's I'm going on? I'm the one to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> you look over at Barry now. I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're She's the got the answers right. to that. She really right. does. Well, you know, actually, the active weather that we saw in Alberta, that intense weather, it is associated with the weather that uh, we had earlier this weekend. So Friday, those showers, that's the same system, though it does intensify in places like Alberta, where we see much hotter temperatures. It was 30 degrees when these storms did arrive. So you need that fuel, that heat uh, to lift these thunderstorms to, to create them. Meanwhile, here at home, we've had our own interesting weather pattern today. Just looking outside, you wouldn't know it that some places have had snow over 20 centimeters of snow, in fact, in some mm. places. Uh, but meanwhile, we've been dealing with an upper-level trough. It's a cold trough. It's been so slow to move. I'll let you know how long it'll stick around. That's coming up in your weather forecast. I was literally finding patches of sun today just to go and stand in. There it, just, it is. It? I know, exactly. I think um, it was nicer today than we thought, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pleasant sort of surprise. <laughs> um, and in sport. Any surprises yeah, no, today? No, no. It, no. Rafa Nadal on court is pretty much, if there's a slam dunk in sports, that's it. Because uh, not only does he win all the time on clay, but he, he destroys the top players in the world. Like he's beating top five players like he's beating 200th ranked players. And he did it again. 11 uh, championships for Nadal in Paris. We'll have a... Look at that. He's so, he's, he's incredible. You have to really just appreciate um, just how amazing he is. Do you think he still gets really, really excited then? Oh, he's just yes. like, oh, well, I've got this. No, 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 you know? no. Those guys have, yeah. to, have to bring it. You don't destroy the other players by just lollipopping no. in. He's pretty good. Yeah. Welcome back. Well, President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un are waking up not a mere kilometre away from each other in Singapore tonight. Ahead of Tuesday's historic summit, of course, the two leaders hoping to find some common ground over North Korea's nuclear weapons programme. NBC's Kelly O'Donnell reports. After a 21-hour journey, one of the most powerful symbols of the American presidency delivered Donald Trump to what he politically described as unknown territory. Hours earlier, here in Singapore, North Korean security trotted alongside the limousine as Kim Jong-un emerged from isolation and infamy to a new level of international recognition he's never known until now. Assessing his adversary, President Trump said he can size him up instantly. I think within the first minute, I'll know. I just, my touch, my feel, that's what, that's what I do. The president arrived here with unexpected baggage, a fresh diplomatic dispute with U.S. friends. He lashed out on Twitter at G7 host Canada's Justin Trudeau, who complained publicly about Trump's trade policies. But the White House framed the president's angry reaction as positioning before Tuesday's meeting with Kim Jong-un. He is not going to permit 
any show of weakness on the uh, on the trip to uh, negotiate with North Korea, nor should he. So this was about North Korea? Of course it was in large part. So Absolutely. because Trudeau said that. Given the record of deception from North Korea over its nuclear program, Bill Richardson, who's been to North Korea eight times, warns appearances will matter. The only caution I would uh, give the president is not be photographed too much uh, with a smiling Kim Jong-un because they use that in North Korea for dramatic uh, propaganda purposes. But a personal connection is what President Trump expects first before any deal on substance. But at a minimum, I do believe at least we'll have uh, met each other. We will have uh, seen each other. Hopefully we will have liked each other and we'll start that process. One person has died and another is critically injured after an explosion leveled at a home in East Cleveland. Pictures from the Cleveland Fire Department show a stunning scene of destruction with debris thrown right across the area. The explosion so powerful that it knocked down walls and blew out windows in several neighboring homes. No word yet on cause or when the area will be reopened to those who live there. Calgary has one less competitor in the race to host the 2026 Olympics. Voters in the Swiss region of Valais voted against a bid to host the 2026 Winter Games. Voters apparently refusing to pledge financial support by a vote of 54%. The town's mayor said today the vote is the end of the bid now for them and there is no plan B. Sites still in the running are Calgary, Italy, Austria, Japan and Turkey. IOC members will make a final decision in September of 2019. We know that we will host a fantastic Games. We know that we will again change the Olympic movement. But it's up to the citizens to determine whether it's right for us now. So my job and the job of the bid committee over the next several months is really to make sure we craft the best possible deal for Calgarians, and then we'll go out to that plebiscite. And if Calgarians think that's a great deal and we're going to get a bunch of money in from sources we never would have, and it's going to be good for Calgary, then I hope that they'll support it. All right, Canadian music icon uh, Joni Mitchell getting a big honour from the city she calls her hometown. Two installations were unveiled to honour Mitchell in Saskatoon today. When she was nine years old, Mitchell and her family moved to the capital city, a place she's often credited for having helped shape her career as it took off in the 60s. The 74-year-old Canadian icon and nine-time Grammy winner was unable to travel to the ceremony but was said to be watching a live stream of the event. The city says Mitchell gave input and a lot of approval throughout the process. All right, up to 200,000 people at Commercial Drive today for the always popular Italian Day on the Drive. That is where our Michael Newman is enjoying the best of Italian culture. Michael? That's right. We're right here in the middle of all the action on the Drive. It is officially Italian Day. It smells absolutely delightful on the street right now. And there's plenty of performers that are, hap that are, are happening on the drive today. Joining me right now is Federico, who is one of the performers. Como va? Bene, grazie. Tu come stai? Buongiorno, buongiorno. buongiorno. Benvenuti, yes. benvenuti. <laughs> Welcome to Italian Day here on yes. Commercial Drive. Yes, and you are the owner of Federico Supper Club. Yes. So as a business owner, as, as an Italian-Canadian, as someone who's been on the drive, why is this an important cause to, to celebrate? Well, as you know... Many of the Italians that immigrated here to Canada, here in Vancouver, that's where they lived, here on Commercial Drive. It was like, once upon a time, 95% Italian. So I grew up just down the block here. Yeah. So for us to pay homage to those, especially the immigrants, that sacrificed their lives to come here to this land and to uh, sacrifice to the kids and open up businesses 
and work very hard. For us, it's really, really and a proud, proud moment and very important to pay homage to them. And right now we have like first, second generation, third generation wow. is passed on to their kids. Yeah, like you yeah. got La Grota, you got Kalena Shoes. I've been here 20 years. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. And to show people what it is to be Italian, at least for a day. Right, right? at least for a day. Yes. It's, it's not all just about pizza and pasta. There's so much more. And uh, uh, talking about the music. The, si. uh, yeah, so how is well, it as a performer? This theme, as you know, it's yeah. musica. So you got lots of performers, lots of entertainment. It's going to be great. So come on down. We're going to play a tarantella, so you can dance the original tarantella dance. Yes, yes. You're going to love it. You're going to sole mio. We got all this Italian music, great music. You're going to have a great time. Perfect. Okay. Right. And as you know, lots of food. We got our patio here today. Lots of food. Come on down and come and see us. Italian day. Grazie, grazie mille, grazie mille. Arrivederci. Hey, one, one, one. When the moon hits your eye Like a big pizza pie That's amore All right, All right. Grazie. Yeah, back to you guys <laughs> That is indeed amore Thank you very much for that They are Michael's having a good time there That guy looks like Steve Carell I'm sure I'm not the only person thinking that <laughs> um, I thought I had to do a double take yeah. there And um, oh, I love Italy I love Italian food I love the whole culture Don't you? It's I've been everything I've been hungry all day Watching these uh, The hits from the festival so. yeah and yeah, just italians great. they're just like larger than life and it's all like you know anyway. uh, hey. Hey. <laughs> and it's been beautiful out there too i saw some threatening looking clouds in the background but i believe the weather held up quite nicely as it did for us along the coast although we did have some spotty showers throughout the uh, throughout the fraser valley and i am seeing some lightning strikes on radar in the strait of georgia look oh well these clouds they look a little on the threatening side as well uh, 14 degrees at this hour still a risk of a shower into the evening hours but along the coast we do have a nice clearing trend but look at this earlier this was caught uh, by our friend Marvin Beatty photography and cam loops these are mematis clouds they're always indicative of thunderstorms and thunderstorms is what we did see through the interior valley bottoms dealing with some uh, some active weather that's for sure but the big story is all that snow 22 centimeters of snow this was measured at Silver Star Mountain Resort in the wee hours of the morning and it kept going for some time it looked like a winter wonderland out there, right? All right, now we still do have a special weather statement in place. This is issued by Environment Canada. Again, it is for the southern interior because we do have another round of snow, potentially. Uh, this is going to be at higher elevations yet again, so 1,500 meters and above, so some major routes will be impacted. Meanwhile, it's another very active weather day stateside here at home. Look at this along the Saskatchewan-Manitoba uh, border. Look at this squall line. This is what produced all that active weather throughout Alberta as well and still severe thunderstorm watches and warnings rainfall warnings as well as wind warnings so here at home it's far less severe and far more dispersed the thunder showers but thunder showers nonetheless you can see spotty showers closer to uh, the south coast and lower mainland and that will be continuing through the evening hours and eventually clearing out overnight and just some cloudy conditions and that snow at higher elevations that you could see there so again heeding the warnings especially if you are on highway 3 Paulson Summit to Kootenai Pass could be picking up that snow and then Tuesday is going to be a beautiful day for many of us with high pressure dominating. So Monday for you in the BC Peace River region, mostly cloudy skies, 17 degrees and Tuesday plenty of sunshine in the mix. That's going to be the trend there. White horse, 14 degrees, more clouds than sun on tap for your Monday. Cloudy conditions and still showers. They should be wrapping up by noon along the north coast. Prince Rupert, a daytime high of 13. 14 for you in the caribou in the central interior. This is what happens when you try to talk fast. 
There we go. So here we are in Prince George. We're expecting a daytime high of 14. Then we get closer to seasonal conditions by your Tuesday with plenty of sunshine in the mix. A chance of thunder showers for you in Nelson tomorrow. Pretty much the southern interior, especially eastern portions of the southern interior, a chance of thunder showers. Though Kelowna, you do have that risk into the afternoon. 13 for you in Whistler and mostly cloudy skies and a sun cloud mix. A much better day for you along the island. Plenty of sunshine, especially on your Tuesday, Sonia. Have a look at your week ahead. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah, we can, we can cope yeah. with all of that. Thanks very much, Kasha. Okay, we've got lots of sport to get through with Barry. Talk about that Rafa guy. Yes. Who is he again? Yeah, well, he's, yeah. he's, he's just good is what he is. <laughs> all right, thanks, Sonia. Well, no player in tennis history has dominated a surface and a Grand Slam tournament like Rafael Nadal. The Spaniard is in a league of his own on the red clay in Paris. Today, he captured his record 11th French Open title dismantling yet another quality opponent, this time Austrian Dominic Thiem in straight sets. It's Rafa's 17th major, putting him just three behind Roger Federer's all-time record of 20. Nadal in his 24th Grand Slam final, Dominic Thiem in his first Grand Slam final. Bit of an experience discrepancy there. Opening set, Rafa disguises, uh, disguises the drop shot. Thiem can't get it. First set to Rafa, six games to four. Second set, Nadal... Coming to the net, lunging that backhand winner volley. He's up a break. Nadal continuing to make Thiem work for everything. Rafa will take the second set, 6-3. Thiem finding out what everyone finds out, playing Rafa on clay. It's impossible to beat him. Go to the third set. Nadal just relentless. Thiem can't keep up. Nadal racing towards yet another title. Go to match point. Rafa serving, the return is long, and what we all figured two weeks ago becomes official. Nadal wins his 11th French Open title. His record at Roland Garros, 86-2, and two. say that twice. He regains the number one ranking in the world. The good news for the rest of the tour, the clay court season is over. Wimbledon begins in just three weeks. Canadian Grand Prix from Montreal. That's the hometown of 19-year-old Lance Stroll. He was ninth here last year, but this year his race was over rather quickly. Opening lap, not his fault. New Zealand driver Brendan Hartley into the wall, takes out Stroll in the process. Huge disappointment for the young Canadian and for Montreal race fans. Over before it really even started for Stroll. Sebastian Vettel led wire to wire. Despite a checkered flag malfunction, it was waved early by model Winnie Harlow, although it was not her fault. It didn't affect the finish of the race. Vettel first, Botas second, and Max Verstappen third. Baseball today, Mariners finishing off their series in Tampa. Nelson Cruz with a solo blast to center field. 427 feet, one nothing. Mariners in the fifth. M's down 3-1. James Paxton getting some defensive help. Ben Gamble with a diving catch in foul territory. Paxton appreciates the help. Seven strong innings for the pride of uh, Ladner. Ten Ks for Paxton. Top of the seventh now tied at three. Kyle Seeger with a solo belt to right. Mariners took the lead. Go to the bottom of the ninth now. 5-4 Seattle. Carlos Gomez flares one to right. Mitch Hanniger. Cannot make the catch, but he recovers and throws a strike to home plate and gets Johnny Field by a mile for the final out. Paxton gets the victory now 6-1. M's tied for first with Houston 
in the American League West. Orioles and Jays, Toronto looking for the four-game sweep. Fourth, already 3-1 Jays, Curtis Granderson, a three-run jack to right. That made it 6-1 Jays, and they really piled it on. Toronto enjoying being the hammer this weekend and not the nail, which has been the case certainly for the last month. Teoscar Hernandez, towering two-run shot, 13-3 final, four-game sweep for the Jays, but they're still five games under 500 at 30-35. and 35. Welcome back. The Whitecaps know they've got a very special player in 17-year-old Alfonso Davies. There's no question he's Canada's most talented soccer player already, but he's just getting started. And last night at BC Place against Orlando City, the kid put on a show that has to get the attention of his many suitors from Europe who are lining up to sign him once he turns 18 later this year. Davies was a one-man wrecking crew last night. Three times he did this. He used his great speed to back off defenders, then make outstanding passes for relatively easy goals. First one was to Kai Kamara, and then Davies scored his second goal of the season on a rebound to give the Caps a 2-1 lead in the second half, and then two more high-speed setups. The first to Jordi Reyna, such a team player as well. A lot of guys would have shot there, but he was pass all the way. And then in the 90th minute to Nicholas Mesquita, it was a stunning performance that has to get Whitecaps and their fans super excited. As for the kid, he was pretty low-key afterwards. Uh, it's exciting. Um, you know, I just, like I said, I just try to play my game, you know, try to do what I know, not trying to overcomplicate anything. We're definitely, you know, putting them in positions where he can uh, use those strengths. And uh, today was, you know, by far, I mean, a lot of people might say the best game of his career so far, and hopefully it's, you know, just a start going forward. When he performs like that, there's no hiding him. You know, he's he'll be on all over the TVs and all over the newspapers. But while he's here, he'll continue to work hard and he'll continue to get better. Women's soccer from Hamilton, international friendly between fourth-ranked Canada and the third-ranked Olympic champions from Germany. Second half, 1-0 Germany until Canada equalize and guess who scores? Christine Sinclair, her 173rd international goal, just 11 behind Abby Wambach's record. And then later, Canada takes the lead. Jesse Fleming showing some great poise. 2-1 Canada. The red and white crowd loving that. But just moments later, the Germans equalize. It's a world-class strike from Sarah Dabritz. That ties it up. 2-2, and then in the 84th, the Germans, a free kick from a dangerous spot just outside the 18-yard box. Initial shot off the post, but Turid Nock with an easy header for the game winner. Germany edge Canada 3-2, but a solid performance from the Canadians. Final round of the FedEx St. Jude Classic from Memphis. Great seats for that young family. Dustin Johnson began the day tied for the lead with uh, Andre with Andrew Putnam, but Johnson pulled away early and didn't look back. 13th hole from 95 yards, sticks it to two and a half feet, made that birdie, three-shot lead, and then on 18, this is what you call an exclamation point. 171 yards out, and Johnson will not require a putter on his finishing hole. Two hops and in for an eagle. Johnson with a six-shot win to take the FedEx St. Jude Classic. He regains his number one world ranking from Justin Thomas. Nick Taylor tied for 20th and won 41,000, and the U.S. Open is next week. McKenzie Tour from the Uplands in Victoria. Final round of the Bayview Place, D.C. Bank Open. Calgary's Wes Heffernan, a Canadian Tour veteran, 41 years old now. Great chip here on 18 for birdie. Top Canadian 
tied for sixth at 11 under. Kimberly's Jared Dutois, tough day, 5 over 75, finished 23rd. But American Sam Fedone ran away with it, sinks the long birdie on 17. 5 under today, wins by 5 at 19 under. He's your winner in Victoria. Next week, the tour is at Gallagher's Canyon in Kelowna. All right, finally tonight, we end by bringing you a little zen and calmness into your living room. <laughs> Inhale your arms up. Bring your fingers to your temples. Yeah, dozens at Jackpool Plaza this morning doing some outdoor yoga. There was also a performance from Australian musician Xavier Rudd. Uh, people making a small donation to take part. It was all sponsored by Lululemon and it was to help a non-profit youth yoga group. But just look at that. Watch them. Great stretching there. Mm. Mm. Don't forget to breathe. I know. Immediately you want to take a deep breath in. Yeah. There's a Father's Day puppy yoga event happening. <laughs> Is that? Really? Somewhere in Vancouver. Barry? Something for you. Well, I don't have a puppy, so I'm, I can't. <laughs> I'm disqualified. You'd look great in Lululemon pants, though. Uh, I can see it. You obviously uh, <laughs> too much. rose-colored glasses. You don't want the audience to see it. Good night. We'll see you back at 11.